Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen Hello and welcome to a special birthday episode of Mike Might Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith and joining me as always is a man who chose today's movie because he hates children and animals. <laughs> Mike DiCuccio. How'd you do today, Mike? Um, content warning for this episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> right at the top. But otherwise, I'm, I'm okay. It's it's a month after my birthday, so there's that. I'm 32 yes. now. That's crazy. <laughs> Yes, your birthday, uh, it's usually, it's, uh, your birthday is usually at a certain time of year. It's always yeah. at, uh, it's end of September, beginning of October, right? Yes, beginning of October, yeah. Beginning of October, right. Uh, and so it always happens where, like, the last couple of years we did, like, you know, the guest makes Mike watches in October, and so we couldn't do your birthday episode until, like, after the month is over. And then yeah. this year we were like, oh, man, we're not really doing those. We can probably squeeze it in. Uh, and then I think people kept paying for us to watch stuff. Uh, I think so, so yeah. <laughs> We and had so a couple, we, couple bought episodes at the beginning, and then um, I don't remember. We just already had stuff scheduled out for the end of the for the rest of the month. Right. Like, well, I guess I'll just squeeze it in at the end. Yes. So, uh, so once again, Mike D's birthday has been pushed off by a month. Uh, but okay. uh, yeah, so today is Mike D's birthday movie episode, and basically, this has been a tradition uh, for the last couple of years, where on one of our birthdays, we each make the other one watch something. And you may say that sounds very similar to Mike makes Mike watch. And in fact, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this came first. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not even sure that it did. <laughs> you know what? I don't think it did. You're right. I, don't, I don't think it did. But I think the difference is uh, with Mike makes Mike watch. You know, we each make the other one watch something, but we don't necessarily have to watch that thing. Sometimes right. we do. Sometimes we do. Like you watched the perfect storm recently when you made me watch that. But with the birthday movie, it's like, OK, we're locked in. We're both watching this thing. And the first couple of times we did it, it was uh, usually like an old favorite that we were trying to get each other to watch. Um, right. Or you just wanted to or we just wanted to talk about uh, like you did a Twister episode for your birthday, uh, which we turned into a Twister and Speed episode. Uh, hashtag debauchery. That's uh, right. And then uh, I did MacGruber on my birthday one year, right? Yeah. And then the last couple of years, um, we ended up just doing movies that like, oh, we've been meaning to watch these. We like got the Blu-ray sets or whatever. And yeah, now it's time to watch them. And we, and we each watched them. Uh, so last year for your birthday, we did Martial Law 1 and 2 from the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray sets. And this past year on my birthday, uh, back in June, I think it might, we might have delayed that by like a week or two. Uh, so it might have been in July. But uh, it was in the line of duty 3 and 4 with the 88 yes. Filmstock sets. That's right. I forgot about it. We I forgot we did both of those movies back then. Um, yes. And yeah, it's just kind of turned into a like a little special. We just kind of get to pick a whole episode rather than half of a discussion or whatever like we do for the normal Mike Makes Mike Watches. So. Exactly. Uh, and so, Mike D, for your birthday pick, uh, you chose a new movie. This is a brand new movie. Uh, actually just came out this past weekend uh, on Shudder. And the movie in question is... When Evil Lurks, which has been, uh, you know, a movie that uh, has been talked about a lot in horror circles, especially over the last few weeks and months. I've heard a lot of like talk like hype around this one. Uh, why was this the movie that you wanted to make me watch for your birthday? Um, I think I really just kind of was hearing the hype on the, the horror podcasts and the movie podcasts and stuff that I listened to. I heard it come up a couple times. See it on the film Twitter. I think it was Beyond Fest or Fantastic. Fest. I don't really remember which one happens in L.A. at the beginning of October. Right. Um, whichever one that was i think it's beyond fest um and uh, it was a big hit there and stuff so i've just kind of been hearing about it recently and then like oh we pushed back the movies push push back the uh, episode i mean and i wasn't really sure what to pick yet I, I was thinking like oh do i try and find some other babysitter style movie or something like twister like a thing like that or find some dig dig through my blu-rays and find something that i know we both have that we haven't watched or whatever right. and then i just saw on twitter that it was like oh when evil lurks hits like uh on shutter october 27th and i was like well that kind of lines up pretty perfectly with the podcast so let's just do that one it's the one i've been hearing about uh it seems cool seems up my alley so let's let's see what it's all about yeah and uh we are gonna do that so yeah when evil lurks is gonna be the movie we're talking about today plus i do want to get mike d's take on uh, the entire saw franchise um yes <laughs> because the book of saw uh for those who've been following mike d on twitter and letterbox and stuff uh mike d opened the book of saw this past weekend and uh decided to watch all 10 movies in the saw series in the span of like four days 
Pretty uh, much. Which even when I, when I did that, when Spiral was coming out, so it was eight movies to catch up on and then Spiral, and I took a few weeks to do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I did it maybe like two or three weeks or something like that. Uh, you you really marathon the Saw movies. Yeah, from uh, Tuesday to Saturday, I uh, opened the book of Saw. You know, you know that scene in. Um, Army of Darkness when it's Ash in the graveyard and there's the three Necronomicons. Yeah. And he opens the one and he just gets like sucked into a portal. <laughs> um, that's what happened to me in the Book of Saw, basically. I was like, I can watch. Well, after we finished recording last week, I was like, oh, you know what? I think maybe I'll watch Saw. And I watched it. And then the next day I was like, what if I watched more Saw? And then yeah. I just was like, well, I'm already here. So and then I just kept going like a Netflix series. I was like, well, there's only three left. And yeah, managed to binge all 10 episodes, 10 movies in the... Uh, <laughs> In four days or five days or whatever it is. Incredible. So I'm very excited to uh, talk about that with you too, Mike. But first, we should talk about your birthday movie. Uh, it's time for When Evil Lurks. Tenemos que encontrar a la bestia antes de que nazca más. Los tiempos de la fe se terminan rápido. All right, that was from the trailer for When Evil Lurks, a new film from Demian Rugna. Uh, it released uh, just this past weekend on Shudder. It's a 2023 film. Uh, it's an Argentinian horror film. Uh, and the thought did occur to me, like, man, feels weird to be talking about a South American horror film uh, without our friend Laura Culinary on the podcast. You're not wrong, actually. You're right? I bet she would have some very insightful and useful historical context behind everything that's going on in this movie. And we'd Probably. be like, whoa. Yes. And uh, instead, we don't have any of that. Yeah, we should contact Laura and see if she's watched this yet and, uh, you know, see if we can get her take on it for next week. Um, because, uh, yeah, I think this is absolutely right up her alley and in line with the movies that she has made us watch uh, in the past on this podcast. I think even, um, was it Don't Sweat was an Argentinian? Argentinian uh, Cold Sweat. Race? Cold Sweat, yeah. Yes, Cold Sweat, your favorite movie of all time, I think, right? That's, I think uh, so, yeah. Changed my life <laughs> so much I forgot the title of it. Right. It's, it's almost as good as Saw 10. But, uh, yeah, so when... When Evil Lurks uh, is a new movie from Argentina. It just hit Shutter this weekend, and it's about this uh, pair of brothers who are investigating this uh, disturbance. They find this uh, body of a man who is possessed by a demon. They accidentally set the demon loose upon a town, and all hell breaks loose. Yes. You know, nor just normal things. Ha right. Hashtag brothers stuff? I don't ha know. Hashtag no. relatable problems. You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so Mike D, I mean, you said you wanted to watch this because you kind of heard the hype around it as far as the podcast and people talking about it. And yeah, it premiered. It was at TIFF, I think, is where it premiered originally in September. But yeah, it's, it's popped up at a few festivals since. Doesn't seem like it got any kind of real theatrical release or, or if it did, like it was very, very limited. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just went straight to Shutter uh, this past weekend, distributed by IFC Films. What did you think of When Evil Lurks? 
Um, yeah, I thought When Evil Lurks was pretty good for the most part. I was kind of, I was pretty much into it. I think I might have done a little bit of a disservice to the movie by watching it after watching 10 Saw movies in a row, you know? Right. Um, like just, you're, at this point, you've trained yourself to think that every movie is a Saw movie. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. When's <laughs> when's the twist? Who, who's the timeline? What's going on? <laughs> right. When's Hello Zep going to get needle dropped, right? I'm, I'm waiting for all that stuff. And also, just the timing of it, I was watched it late at night after having watched like three or four movies that day, and it's just like, oh, man. So I had to split it up into two viewings because I was falling asleep, and of course, it's in Spanish, so I had to read, you have to read the subtitles and stuff. So I think maybe that hindered it a little bit but overall i think it's a pretty fun idea it's a pretty cool movie it's gnarly and gross and that's the stuff that i uh heard about that's the reputation that's like kind of coming off this movie um and yeah it's fun and i think maybe a little bit of that reputation is a little bit more like you said that this movie is willing to harm children and animals um unlike (laughs) most movies are so there's definitely that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, oh, you know, I, f- I feel like maybe, I don't know what I was expecting if I was expecting just like some kind of like gross out splatter film. And it's not really that kind of movie. It just is like dark. Um, yeah, it's know? dark and it's definitely gory. Like there's a lot it of gore gory, in this yeah. film for sure. But uh, yeah, it's not like, um, I think I feel like when you describe splatter film, I'm, I'm picturing, I actually haven't seen this movie yet. Uh, Terrifier 2, right? Like right. That, uh, that, that kind of movie. <laughs> Yeah, or like uh, uh, Dead Alive or something like that. That's a yeah. little more on the comedic side of it. Um, and it is not. It takes all this stuff very seriously. Um, but I think the the most interesting part of this movie, I guess, would be the like, quote unquote, world building or something like that. Because um, it's just sort of talking about the events and things of this movie that are happening in this movie. Like, this is just stuff that already is happening in the real world for this movie. And I thought that was really interesting. Like, there's there's like slang, right? They call the like possessed people like the rotten. Right. There's clean cleaners, you know, all this stuff, like the time of churches has ended or whatever. Like they're already talking about stuff like that as if this is like just a like phenomenon that's going on in the world. Um, and I thought that was really fascinating on top of all the other stuff, uh, you know, the gory. And I don't know if it's, I guess it's really tense all the way throughout um, as far as like who is possessed and when and what's going to happen to these people. But I don't know if it's like particularly scary. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it overall. Yeah, I mean, I would say it is very tense throughout. I think there are a few moments that I think are genuinely scary. I, th- I think uh, I was kind of describing it to you as like, I think it's a pretty good movie that has some great moments in it. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some moments that I really like locked me in. I feel like the first like 20, 30 minutes or so of the film, I was kind of like, OK, I'm on board with this. I- I'm following along. And then there's a moments and we should just say, you know, full spoilers for when evil lurks. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, we don't need to do like a spoiler section or anything. Just so, just for anybody listening in. Spoilers onward, like there will be spoilers for this film. I think, you know, there's about like I was kind of in in and out of it for like 20, 30 minutes or so. You know, I liked it, but I wasn't like, you know, fully on board yet. And then there's the moment with the dog and the kid. Yeah. Uh, And and uh, when that happens, uh, when this when the dog, this like kind of I don't know, breeds of dogs like it's a a mastiff or something. It's a giant dog. Yeah, Yeah. it's a huge dog. And it just like grabs this like little girl by the head and just starts dragging her down the street. Um, And people are chasing the dog with the girl. And uh, I was immediately like, well, (laughs) that girl's dead. Yeah, <laughs> that, that girl is dead. And then she comes back and she's alive. But turns out, no, she's also actually also possessed. And that moment like really grabbed me. And that's uh, like everything after that, like immediately after that, where it was like, oh, man, it's just like constant chaos where yes. you know the dog has grabbed the girl and then they come back but the wife is like you know screaming in the yard and she gets hit by a car and you know all, all this stuff is going on and if if the movie was able to kind of keep that tone going further which I don't think it's really interested in doing but like that sequence I thought was my favorite sequence of the movie uh, and it is really dark and brutal and intense and really uh, crazy it's scary it's a scary concept uh, and it reminded me of like it follows or something like that where like you know the possession kind of like moves from person to person, which by the way, it follows to happening now. I saw uh, that just yeah. announced today. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, part of me is like, Oh, that's cool. It follows too. The other part of me is like David Robert Mitchell's kind of in like, was in like director jail after under the silver Lake bombed. <laughs> and like, this oh, is his yeah. way of coming back, <laughs> um, which I, I really like under the silver Lake. I wish uh, that movie had done better, but it follows too. I'm curious to see where they go with it. Should be cool. But uh, it reminded me of that concept. And that's not, like not a unique concept to it follows or this movie just like you know a thing kind of possessing uh person to person animal to animal but this movie does it in such a brutal way uh that i found that pretty interesting yeah yeah it's sort of um it, you know obviously i think evokes uh covid or the pandemic right it has this like right. viral spread throughout the town and stuff um and uh 
especially the way that they are depicted as like, I don't I don't know, infected, right? Like literally like oozing and being disgusted, like a, like a, like an infected wound, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, you can't touch, did it get on your clothes? Did you touch him? Right. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and like, that's the way it spreads. And, and yeah, the tension of that scene where um, I don't remember how the, dad gets it on his clothes but he like goes back to his home right and that's where he's like he changes he's like naked in his living room and it's like what the fuck is going on and that's where the the like chaos meter just like slowly starts ticking up where yeah. it's just like having a family like divorced dad argument with the stepfather and the stepkids and the mom and the wife while there's just like a dog sniffing dirty clothes in the corner and you're just like what is gonna happen what is yeah. going on until it finally goes to 11 when the dog attacks the kid um and it happens and, so suddenly too like it, yeah you know, you're you're watching the argument and the camera that's a really like masterful camera work i think where the camera's kind of like spinning around and panning and then you're behind the dog and the kid and suddenly just rips her and takes her off screen <laughs> just oh my god yeah it's crazy yeah. and then um yeah and it just goes on 11 for a whole act basically where yeah. it's just the the town exploding into this insane chaos violence stuff it made me think of um the sadness which is also on shutter which i think it's a I forget where it's a like zombie movie, Asian zombie movie that just came out. I think maybe last year and I, and I talked about it on the podcast, which is just this insane. They're not really even zombies. It's just sort of like the rage virus thing, kind of like in 28 days later, like they just want to okay. inflict the most pain and sadism they can on other people. So it's like torture zombies. It's very crazy. So, but this sort of made me think of that, right? A little bit where it's just like insane, violent chaos going out. And like, that's kind of the quote unquote possession. But I think the, one of the early, very intense, scenes like just the images in this movie is um that neighbor on the farm with his wife and the shot and the goats yeah and he like shoots the gun in the air and all the goats scatter except for one that just looks like the meanest motherfucking goat you've ever looked at like holy shit um and they you know introduce introduce like the rules of how you have to deal with these the rotten or whatever they're called right and you can't use firearms you can't use electric lights because the shadows and right. all this stuff so i think that that was all really interesting um and that scene explains why the the thumbnail or poster of this mo movie that I've been seeing for like a month or so. It's like, why is that woman holding that ax backwards? I don't understand. <laughs> and, uh, and then that scene shows you why. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> horrifying. And, th and that is, yeah, a pretty horrifying sequence uh, as well. That's before the dog thing. That is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like, he kills the goat. And then uh, the second he kills the goat, his wife hits him with the ax and he dies. And then, she turns the axe on herself and she dies. Like it's, yeah. yeah, it's pretty intense. It's nuts. And then, yeah, I mean, so going on from all that stuff, I, I sort of maybe lost the thread a little bit of like what, now what's happening? I understand what's happening in the movie, but like why things are happening? Like what's with the school and the kids at the end? And that might just be because I was so tired watching this and was like kind of zoning in and out of the subtitles and stuff. Yeah. And like kids are inherently aligned with the rotten, right? Or like they're so easy to manipulate that the, the demons can get them to help them and stuff or whatever. Right. And uh, it's just like this children of the corn style ending or, or village of the damned. What's the, I mean, I guess both of them. Um, yeah, that's both actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of thing where it's just like a schoolhouse full of young, like middle schoolers, uh, just like violently killing adults yeah. and stuff. Um, so everything in the movie, even if I don't fully understand is very dark and intense. Yes. Uh, and it, yeah, these two characters, uh, these two brothers, one of them has, I think three kids, right? Um, yeah. Like the son, daughter, and uh, his older son, who is autistic. Yes. Uh, and yeah, I've, you're you're watching him essentially lose his entire family over the course of the film. And so the you know the daughter is the one who gets ripped off by like you know taken away, dragged away by the dog. And when she comes back, she's possessed. Very creepy moment when she like you know the she's like she's back and her mom's like embracing her and she's like daddy's going to kill you with the car or something yeah. like that. Right? <laughs> and then that happens. And then yeah, the younger kid um, gets taken by his mom who has now been possessed when they're in the farmhouse later. Right. Uh, that's a really intense sequence. That was horrifying. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the moment where like she like is carrying the kid and uh, he's like half asleep, doesn't really realize that she's possessed. And then she like just jumps off the house, <laughs> jumps off yeah. the house. And then they catch up to her in the woods and she is eating the, her son's brains. Just yeah. like casually Pre strolling down the road. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, but then I think the interesting thing is that he has the older son um, who is autistic and uh, they kind of establish a rule where like, you know, demons try to can try to possess autistic kids, um, but it takes longer or it's more difficult um, because they, they can take the body, but they don't really understand how the mind works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting that they sort of like this, like everything is not, not gamified isn't the right word, but yeah, there's like generally like rules or like the way these things sort of work. Right. And, and uh, yeah, the w- one woman that is formerly a cleaner, I think think or something like that or like may have sparked this entire thing um she explains yeah that that the demons don't understand how the i think yeah untangle the mind is the phrase that she uses or something like that so like they try to get they can like make the body do things but they can't fully control autistic people the way they can like a normal or typical person Um, right and that was really yeah, and that's so like that's a really interesting like ticking clock on the whole movie, right? Like as as that son becomes more and more obviously possessed, and you're like, oh shit, oh no, like oh fuck, what's happening? When he like just casually walks in the front door and is like, oh, would you like some tea or whatever? And when he's kind of sort of been like a little bit catatonic the whole movie, you're just yeah. like, oh fuck, oh no. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, and then of course that builds to the very end of the movie, where at this point it's just uh, Pedro and his son that are left, basically, uh, and his brother. His brother's and his still brother. out there. Uh, yeah, they they. <laughs> They unleash this hell upon everyone else, but they manage to get out okay. They're they're fine. <laughs> a, a fine asterisk. Well, they, they survive, is what I mean. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, everyone that they love has died around them, but like they they themselves are okay. But uh, yeah, it, it builds to this ending where um, Pedro is with his son. He's feeding him ice cream. The son begins choking, and he's trying to help him out. And suddenly, blood's coming out, uh, and he starts pulling out his mother's hair. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you, I think like the necklace is there as well, right? And so. So it all, it all comes out and he realizes that uh, his son is also possessed, like the last remaining member of his family. And uh, he, the movie ends as he like just goes outside and lets out like an anguished scream. And then that's it. Roll credits. Yeah. Just like silently fade out from that um, or pull out rather. And yeah, because I forget there's a scene right before that. Oh, where the other brother goes in the barn and he finds that young kid that they told to like hide there, like at oh, the yeah. beginning of the movie, like they all forgot about him. And he's asking him like, what about what about your mother? And the little kid's like, the same thing that happened to your mother is happened to mine. And he's like, what? And then that's when it cuts to the inside of yeah. the, the son eating the ice cream. Uh, and he pulls out the hair and the necklace and stuff, implying that she he ate her. And that's gross. <laughs> you know? <laughs> gross. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very bleak movie. Um, I think an incredibly well-made one. Like, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was very, very good. I didn't love it like a lot of other people have, but I did like it a lot, and I hope to never watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely got that kind of vibe. It's not like a fun horror movie, you know? (laughs) Not particularly. Unless, no, never mind. No. (laughs) What were you going to (laughs) say? If you happen to like watching the animals and the the kids get killed, but that's a weird thing to say. So yeah, that's true. I, 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 you know, it's, I, I'm not going to say I'm never going to watch this again. I don't know. Like, uh, it's, it's a really interesting movie that I think has a lot of layers to it. And so, yeah, absolutely. People, people can watch it again. I'm sure it's a good (laughs) rewatch. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much stuff is like set up and like foreshadowing things that like you just don't even realize, right? I mean, like just the right. whole the whole idea that like um, they're transporting the uh, the first rotten right uh, the back of the of the pickup truck and like he falls out because they swerve and all that stuff and I don't know, it just all seems seems interesting and I you know stuff you don't know to look for at the beginning all, right. all comes full circle at the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, this director also made uh, Terrified, right? That was his previous yes. movie. And you mentioned that last week and you thought you might have the chance to watch Terrified. Did you get to watch it, Mike? I did not. Okay. Um, I opted to open the Book of Saw <laughs> all the way as much as possible. Fair enough. Instead of watching anything else for the last week. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I mean, that's what happens when you open the Book of Saw, Mike. You, you, yeah. you do not get to uh, extricate yourself from that. But yeah, I've heard Terrified's fantastic. Um, and absolutely, after watching When Evil Lurks, I'm more interested in seeing it now because I I really only knew it. Uh, I had only first heard of I had only ever heard of it with Shudder's 101 Scariest Movie Moments series. Um, right. Where they like, you know, counted down the scariest movie moments ever. And when they put Terrified on the list, it was that one and a couple of others where I was like, these are Shudder originals. It feels weird that they put this on their own scariest movie yeah. <laughs> list. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, but uh, but the sequence that they did show from Terrified, it looked pretty good. Looked pretty scary. Looked terrifying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any any other thoughts about when evil lurks, Mike? Or, or should we start talking about the Saw movies? Um, I think it's really also a testament to the like just the power of practical effects. You know, I think oh, almost yeah. everything is practical. I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's a mix, but predominantly everything seems mostly that kind of just like gross, goopy, <laughs> uh, chunky practical effect kind of thing. Uh, and it really it lends itself like, you know, uh, to, lends lends a lot of weight to the violence and gore in this movie. Nothing feels like just kind of that weightless, floaty, blood splatter CGI stuff that's in a lot of movies now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, everything looks goopy and gross and uh, yeah, very tangible. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of like great uh, visual effects makeup uh, that this movie employs, uh, which is great. Uh, yeah, When Evil Lurks, it is on Shutter right now. And yeah, presumably will be there for a long time, but uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, people should check it out. Yeah. There you go. I wish it, I wish I wish it hit us like as hard as a lot of the other people had seen yeah. it. And that, that might be like a theatrical experience thing too. When you feel like could be you have, you have to watch that in a room full of fifty other people or whatever. Uh, just like a dog attacking a child. Yes. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I can't imagine the yeah. that extra level. But and, um, and I did try to make it the best experience I could at my house. You know, I put my phone away and like I had the lights off and watched it at night and it was just yeah. me and all that. But uh, yeah, no, it, I think um, watching that in a theater and like I I, I can picture hearing like the gasps that would happen at certain scenes in when mm-hmm. evil lurks or like you know the gross uh you know all, all that just you know we're always like you know proponents of the uh the theatrical experience here i might, might go to the movies and i want to give a shout out to uh this past weekend uh, i went to the mystery spooktacular oh. uh at uh the roxy theater the indian theater in my house in missoula montana where i also work uh which uh, charlie mccorn put on uh for trash vault first movie uh was phantasm 2 and one of my favorite theater reactions ever happened during phantasm 2 Really? Uh, because like I said, it was a mystery screening. So most people I did, but most people didn't know what movie we were about to watch. And Phantasm 2 opens with a title screen and it says Phantasm and it just says Phantasm. And so when that came up, people were like, you know, people in the theater were going like, oh, what? like I, you could hear people like getting excited about watching Phantasm. And then a full like 10 seconds passes and then two. <laughs> <laughs> and then the entire theater like you know laughed and went nuts and it was very funny <laughs> just like <laughs> that's amazing um, at least it didn't like deflate everybody that would have been awful no yeah i think it was the crowd for it you know it was that's good <laughs> but all right so that is when evil lurks like i said on shutter right now but now mike d uh let's get into what you really spent your birthday doing and really i guess again your birthday was like four or five weeks ago at this point but yeah. uh, <laughs> your honorary birthday weekend for mike might go to the movies your halloween weekend really yeah. uh, this is what you did all Halloween weekend is you watched all 10 saw movies in a row i did this two years ago when Spiral came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I watched all nine Saw movies then, and I had never seen any of them at the time. Got uh, it. You had seen, I think, the first three, right? Uh, but you hadn't seen anything past that. So uh, give us your, I mean, you want to just do like a breakdown, like beat for beat. This is what's good about <laughs> Saw 1. This is what's good about Saw 2. <laughs> everything, everything, uh, or just everything. Gen- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, what is your take on the Saw movies, Mike? I mean, so yeah, so uh, yeah, I saw the first three, definitely not in theaters. Uh, I was definitely too young for at least those ones, but had seen them and I don't really remember the context or whatever. And I think I definitely had the kind of just the, the popular culture uh reaction to them is like oh they're disgusting you know they're filth or whatever yeah Um, i wasn't so morally uh, offended by it but you know it's like oh these are torture porn whatever so i wasn't super into them then but having watched all of them now i think this is like the secret american masterpiece franchise i don't really understand (laughs) i don't understand how they've done this uh where they've couched a lot of like weirdly progressive things into this just insane franchise where not a single movie until the 10th is longer than 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> They're all exactly like a, an hour and 33 minutes or whatever, <laughs> which is wild. But it's just, it's so impressive that, that any of this is, I hesitate to say, co- say coherent, but it is kind of coherent in some way. I could never explain to you any of the actual chronology of when things happen because it took me till the 10th movie to realize every single movie has except for maybe the first two or whatever, um, has a like procedural police investigation and also a jigsaw game thing going on, right? Those are the two storylines we're always following, yes. almost. And then they never end up being the same timeline. <laughs> and it took me to the 10th movie to be like, oh, this is the formula. 
<laughs> they tricked me nine times, right? You know, which is incredible. But maybe uh, this time, uh, yeah. And ten, there's not even a police procedural in ten, right? I don't think there is. I don't think there is actually. No, you're yeah. right. Uh, but <laughs> so just when you got used to the formula, they upended it too. They changed <laughs> it up on me. I could never have figured it out. But um, yeah, I think that's the thing that's so funny, right? You know, spoiler alert, I guess for the Saw franchise, Jigsaw dies at the end of Saw three. Yes, and then there's seven more movies. <laughs> <laughs> so they always have to just be constantly spending time. Actually, I think the, the I think the really beautiful thing is it's the opposite. They spend no time explaining how any of this is like and when it's a it's a 45 second montage at the end of every movie where they're just like whoa twisty turnies this is from 10 years ago or whatever yeah. you know and you're like what the fuck um so that's very fun and i think um the reveal in four which the reveal is that it is concurrent with saw three yes uh is maybe the best thing i've ever seen in a movie i was just <laughs> like they can't be doing it there's no way um <laughs> And sure enough, they they do it when when he walks up to uh, I think it's it's at Hoffman I think uh, walks up to yes. the door that's closing at the end of three as he kills Jigsaw and are just mm-hmm. like no, <laughs> what's happening? So that was very fun and uh, it does it does get a little weird in the middle there where they're like do these people really deserve to be in this kind of trap? You know, like these two guys are just cheating on with this women. Do they need to be killed publicly like this in this like hardware store or whatever's right. going on? Is that like they're connected to the machine where like one of them dies, one of them doesn't. Right. And yeah, there's, there's two saws, uh, like buzz saws on either side and then a, like a chainsaw or whatever in the middle and they could either push it to one side and kill the other man in the relationship or leave it in the middle and kill her. Right. And they ultimately decide to kill her which is like <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Um, stuff like that. But then you get to six and it's just like what if we torture this uh, healthcare insurance CEO for 90 minutes and you're yeah. like kind of in. <laughs> Kind of based. Rocks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. Yes. Really, the Saw movies are about the feelings of the American healthcare system. Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. what they actually all are about. Yeah, they're um, all about the, uh, yeah, uh, the ins- very, insurance but, and drug companies. Yes, but very specifically, Saw 6 and Saw 10 are about that. Yes. Uh, and that might, be, that might be why they're among my favorites. Saw 6 was like the biggest surprise of the series for me when I watched them, where I was so into it and uh, so into it for that reason. Uh, and then Saw 10, from the, re- the director of Saw 6, uh, also does the same thing. Saw 10, I mean, just came out last month. Yes. Uh, I saw it in theaters and uh, yeah, I, I I watched it having not watched them in two years. And so, because I watched them all right before Spiral came out, which was in 2021. And so they all kind of blend together in my head. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been a couple of years now. And I have like vague memories of like, you know, the stuff that happened in the Saw movies, but there's so much that happens in the Saw movies. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a complicated chronology that I was kind of nervous going into Saw 10 being like, Hmm. Do I am I, am I gonna like be lost even though I've seen all these movies? Um, but Saw Ten I think does a pretty good job of like being its own standalone thing while also tr- you know inserting itself into the insane chronology of the Saw, <laughs> of the Saw movies. Because Saw Ten takes place in between Saw One and Two, and it it doesn't really have anything to do with anything that happens after Saw Two. But you have to have seen the Saw sequels in order to get like, you know, Hey, Amanda's in this movie uh, yeah, and she's got short hair. So that tells you when this takes place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is very funny. Uh, but it is a, it is a, it is a, a D version of her haircut. <laughs> like yes. she's got like the Jimmy Fallon, messy <laughs> short haircut thing going on in yeah. like saw two and three or whatever, or two, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just like a normal person's short haircut, uh, which is pretty funny in saw 10. But yeah, I mean, so I was really impressed in an insane way with Saw 7, Saw 3D, Saw the Final Chapter. Why does okay. that movie have three cha- three titles? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's I think it's definitely one of the weaker ones uh, overall. But I was just like so baffled with how far they go into like it's been a jigsaw cult this whole time. And you're like, how many extra people you didn't know were disciples are disciples now? <laughs> right. In, se- like, in seven, it turns out Carrie Elways is part of it, right? Like he's. He's like the main guy. He's, He's the, the main doctor guy. doing yeah. all the medical stuff to put the keys in the eye sockets and the <laughs> surgeries and all that stuff the whole time. I yeah. guess after one, um, which is very funny. And I love how many times they just come back to like that bathroom and just like Lee one corpse in the corner. <laughs> like you could just get rid of that guy. <laughs> but nah. 
<laughs> no, he, he gets to rot there. He's um, got to stay there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Super funny. Yeah. I, I remember final chapter being one that, um, I don't know. I, I liked the twist at the end where Carrie Elwes was involved, but I don't remember liking too much of the movie. I, I thought the weakest one was Jigsaw. Jigsaw was the one that I remember thinking was the weakest, like the, the eighth one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where I was a little bit, I don't remember. I can't remember exactly, but there were, there was, we had a reaction. I can't remember what order they go in where it's revealed that Jigsaw definitely at the end, it's revealed that like the, the Jigsaw game that you've been following happened 10 years ago. Like when Jigsaw was a lot, like it's an old Jigsaw game and it's not the copycats Jigsaw game. Okay. And he's like, this is where I played my first game 10 years ago. And it's like, everything you've been watching is the past. And, and then they do that again in a different, maybe it's in spiral or something. Um, and we were just like, they can't keep getting away with it. Like they just revealed it again. <laughs> that like, Oh, this is in the past. Um, right. And yeah, Jigsaw is not that good, but it is a, a huge jump in just like sheer production quality. Right. They all have the, the first seven all have that like sort of early digital filmmaking handheld kind of not handheld cameras, but you know what right. I mean? Like they low look like, they look like like new metal videos, right? Like yes. they, they look like a Linkin Park type thing. <laughs> yeah. And then Chester is in Jigsaw. Um, Wait, really? Is it, is it Jigsaw? He's the neo-Nazi that's super glued to the chair at the car and he like kills all of his friends. Remember that? Do you remember that trap? I, I do remember that trap. That sounds familiar. I just, I don't remember from which one. Uh, yeah, I think it's in Jigsaw. But, okay. Uh, He's, it's seven. He's in the final chapter actually. Oh, it's seven? Okay. Yep. And yes, but... What was I say? Oh, so, th- so then you jump. So right, the, the final chapter ends. It, it comes out, and I think it's like 2014 or something like that, or seven is uh, 13. Final final chapter saw seven. That's in 2010. 2010. Yeah, okay. Saw came out in 2004, and then every year for seven years there was a new Saw movie coming out. Right. And then Saw Seven was like, okay, this is the final chapter. It was in 3D because Avatar had just come out. Right. Uh, and so that was it. Uh, and it was billed as the final chapter. It was supposed to be the last one. And then seven years later, they made Jigsaw. So, which was meant to be like a kind of fresh start for the series, right? Like mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like a kind of a new take on Saw and it didn't really take off. And then they tried it again with Spiral and that re- didn't really take off. And then they tried it again this time with Saw 10. Worked out pretty good. Yeah. It turns out people want Tobin Bell. We want Jigsaw. Yes. You know? Yeah. And he's he's in the movie Jigsaw, but not much, right? Yes. He's in it. The, so like that's the kind of twist, right? Is so that there's this copycat guy doing all the stuff and it's the, the you think it's the um, medical examiner, right? Because he's like, how is he always here at the scene or whatever yeah. kind of thing? And the one girl on the dark web, right? His assistant. And then it's revealed that the medical examiner survived a Jigsaw trap or a Jigsaw game and you've been watching that guy's game from 10 years ago is <laughs> what the like the <laughs> game plot line is not the procedural plot line yeah so when he reveals that that he uh to- that's Toby bell shows up at the right. end when, when it's yes. revealed that he's in a game from 10 years ago um, yes okay and then spiral uh doesn't have Tobin bell in it at all it is a yeah. take it, yeah it's, it's supposed to be like a, co- a whole separate take on it and it really makes my having watched all the saw movies uh right before spiral came out even sillier because they don't have anything to do with spiral it's its own thing um, yeah not at all <laughs> And um, I think that's so weird. Chris Rock is like fine, I guess, but he is so mean as a protagonist. Like he hates everybody around him, right? And they have that whole like he's the one good cop thing going on that he ratted out a bunch of crooked cops or whatever. Yeah. So like I get it. Everyone is really antagonistic towards him, but it's just like there, there's nobody likable to really be like rooting for. Like, oh man, they don't deserve this or I hope this guy survives or whatever it is or I hope they catch him, right? And in, in Spiral, it's just kind of like you all suck. Kind of hope you all die. Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> weird. But it has uh, that has one hell of a like crazy dark ending too, where yeah. Samuel Jackson gets blown away by the SWAT team because they can't he's got like a gun s- duct tape to his hand or whatever. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> and then uh, that's uh, insane. So he watches his dad get killed by the cops and then he turns around to watch the like jigsaw copycat guy like close the elevator door like they all do like uh, Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? That's right. like weirdly the thing in this movie is they all slam a door like that and then, then it cuts the credits and you're just like, holy shit, like, this is the darkest thing of all time. <laughs> yes. And yeah, Spiral, I, I liked Spiral. I thought it was okay. Um, but uh, a lot of people didn't. Uh, you know, it was very different from the other songs movies while still being like it's it's about like a copycat killer for jigsaw and all that kind of stuff um but it does end with the hello zep needle drop uh, which yeah you know uh, i i am pretty convinced having watched 10 saw movies now and i'm, I'm assuming you feel the same way whenever hello zep kicks in you just get a rush right like you get like <laughs> by by the final chapter uh saw seven my friends and i were like yeah like yeah. we were like going nuts we were like holy shit it's happening you like know? shit's going down yeah <laughs> 
And I love, I didn't know, like I knew that that song was called Hello Zep, but I didn't know that it's called Hello Zep because in the first movie, that's the, when he starts playing this tape, when the, that song starts, he says yes. Hello Zep or whatever. It's like, that's why it's called that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Absolutely. Uh, and so Saw 10, what'd you think, man? I mean, uh, having now watched all of them leading up to the new movie, uh, what did you think of Saw 10? Saw 10 is, I think, really interesting because there has been this under threat, uh, undercurrent, whatever, of, you know, criticism of like healthcare and insurance and, and all this stuff. I love in six that one sequence with the like the carousel and the shotgun. When yeah. The guy has to like decide which of his assistants to kill or whatever. Wild. <laughs> um, and he's super arbitrary, just like his formula. Anyway. Exactly. Ten. Yeah. So then here we are in 2023 and that like all has boiled to like a cultural head. <laughs> like we're openly having these discussions now all the yeah. time. Um, so to have 10 just like face that head on and not just sort of be like, I mean, I guess six is also doing it head on because it's an insurance guy. But this is like actively the doctors that sca- or not even doctors, but actively the con men that scammed him with a fake surgery and stuff to then just have it be revenge. Like it's the most, I think maybe <laughs> other than one, the most personal game that comes up. Right. Cause one is Dr. L- Dr. Gordon, whatever, uh, right. uh, who like, he feels like gave him his diagnosis in the callous way, like told him you have six months to live, whatever, or something like that. I don't even really remember other than that. He's the doctor that diagnoses cancer. Yes. And this is just jigsaw going after the people that, actively harmed him and he's yes. just like not teaching them a lesson he wants them to die they all they all <laughs> quote unquote have a chance but i and i love one of the things they do also throughout a lot of these movies is you know somebody will be like uh in six or sorry in 10 there's the one woman that has to like cut her leg off with that like wire saw yeah and if she doesn't do it in 90 seconds the wire saw will cut around her throat right uh or whatever it is three minutes whatever yeah and i love how many times somebody will get to the end of completing their task they'll successfully do it at one second but it's too late uh so like the thing buzzes like as she cuts her leg off it's like you go through all that suffering and end up dying anyway yeah uh and that (laughs) happens to so many people throughout all these uh all all the traps and stuff all the games if you love it 10 especially i think that happens to a few people uh, in, that, yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I, I really liked Saw 10. Um, I, I think it's really interesting that like, A, it takes place between one and two, um, but I think it it kind of figured out the thing that it took them nine movies to figure out that like, oh, Tobin Bell is the star of these. Yeah. Let's make him the main character. <laughs> you yeah. know? Let uh, him righteously kill some people. Yeah, uh, and I, you mentioned before, like, um, you know, there's certain movies where you're like, I'm not sure if these people deserve to be in their traps. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, uh, and there's, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, and I think this movie does a very good job of being like, no, these people like unambiguously deserve to be in their traps. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they deserve to suffer at the hands of Jigsaw. You know, they're, you know, scamming cancer patients and, and, you know, giving them hope in their lives, but actually doing nothing and just taking their, all, all of their money. And yeah. And, and so I think saw 10 is really interesting because the first like 40 minutes of it are like just a low key drama starring Tobin Bell, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, with like a quick like fake saw saw trap that you see at one point where like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he sees somebody like an orderly like almost steal something from a desk. Um, yeah, he, he like uh, opens a desk and steal. He takes a like watch and ring and like a bunch of personal effects out of somebody's uh, yeah drawer and then has this like whoosh camera spin like he's in a saw trap. He's doing the whole thing. Yeah, and his eyeballs are getting sucked out of these tubes and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, and then when it like flashes back, he's like actually putting the stuff back down and Tobin Bell's like good choice son (laughs) yeah he see he looks over and sees tovin bell watching him yes uh, through like the blinds and puts them back but yeah i love that he's just daydreaming about traps uh (laughs) it's just hilarious one of my favorite things is when he's just like i think he's like in the park or something and he's like doodling in a notebook and he's doodling like you know, plans for a new trap. Yeah, it's uh, like the reverse bear mass, uh, bear yeah, trap thing. Yeah, like one of the ones from another movie, right? Like Saw, Saw 2 or something. Yeah, um, that's the one uh, Amanda, I guess that's Saw 1, but yeah. Right, okay. Well, maybe it's um, not that movie. Maybe it's not that trap then. Yeah, but it's. It, it, I think it is one of the traps from another movie. Uh, and he's, you know, kind of just like, designing traps like in, in this park on a sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. It's just nice. It's fun. But yeah, that first 40 minutes, I think, is like a really effective drama with a great performance from Tobin Bell. Uh, and then the Saw stuff starts happening. And, you know, the movie like really like, you know, plays well for Saw fans when like, you know, th- the mask comes off and Amanda's underneath and people yeah. like people in my theater, like, you know, I, I, I saw it in a very like not packed theater. It was like me and like, you know, 10 other people, but people, I could hear people going like, Oh shit. Like, 
<laughs> That's awesome. Uh, which was super fun. And then there's another another nod to that uh, in the post credit scene when uh, Hoffman shows up. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, and, it's very, and he like calls somebody during the movie or to, yeah, throughout earlier. And he's like, a detective, I need your help locating people. Yeah. And my friends and I were like, oh, is that Hoffman? Are we gonna, is, Hoffman <laughs> is Hoffman in this movie? Like, what's happening? <laughs> and we didn't even like Hoffman for four movies. Right. Um, <laughs> Hoffman sucks. Hoffman's the worst. <laughs> And then, yeah, he's so excited when he shows up. It's like that fast moment in Fast Five, like you always talk about. Like, I didn't even care about half these people, but I'm hyped when they show up. Yes, absolutely. And actually, it's weird you bring up Fast Five, because I think weirdly, like, the the strongest comparison is the Fast and Furious movies to the Saw movies. Just, like, in terms of, like, how insane the continuity becomes and how committed it is to that continuity. And also how much, like, you know, like you said, uh, Jigsaw dies in Saw 3. Yep, just (laughs) like Han. Just like Han. Han dies in Tokyo Drift and then four, five and six all take place before Tokyo Drift and then seven takes place after Tokyo Drift and it goes from, the, goes exactly. from there and then Han's not even dead <laughs> he pops <laughs> up in Fast 9 <laughs> yeah. it was all for nothing uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah and then the Saw movies do something similar where yeah Jigsaw dies in Saw 3 but then you know Saw 4 takes place at the same time as 3 and then it's it's dealing with like various things that Jigsaw did in the past that his followers are carrying out in five and six with Amanda and Hoffman and all that. There's it, it gets very convoluted. <laughs> it does. I mean, even right from, you know, maybe popular memory or whatever, uh, you don't realize this, but even saw one, like that's the whole hello Zep twist, right? Is that Zep has been being tested the whole time. He's not in on it. He's another guy being tested, right? Yes. That's the twist at one, at the end of one is that his jigsaw game is kidnapping and murdering, uh, Dr. Gordon's family or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, oh man. And then, yeah, so they kill him not knowing that. And that's when he's playing the tape. But then, um, like, and then that goes all the way through 10, 10 movies where it's just like, you never know who is actually in the game, who's being tested, which one of you is the, the accomplice or whatever. I mean, Jigsaw in, uh, uh, Saw 4, right? He dies at the end of 3. Saw 4 starts with his autopsy and it's, right. and it's Hoffman playing a tape and it's like, you think you will escape untested? The games have just begun. And then it's the title <laughs> card. And then it's a Jigsaw game that Hoffman's investigating all this stuff and you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then, yeah, at the very end, it reveals that actually the beginning of the movie is the end of the movie (laughs) or it's all taking place during three. And then at the end of the movie, they do the autopsy scene again. And then that's where five picks up at the end of the, now it's the, and then here we go. And we're off to the races again after that. And it's just like, this is the craziest fucking movie. All of these movies are insane. Yes. Um, but they're so much fun. And I think they're absolutely crazier than the uh, Fast and the Furious movies because there's just so much doubling back on previous events, which the Fast and the Furious movies never really ever explain other than having that one scene at the end of the movie where it's uh, Vin Diesel and Giselle being like, should we we go to Tokyo? And they're like, not yet, baby. (laughs) Okay, so we know this doesn't happen yet. Is it Giselle? Is that her name? Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, Giselle. Um, Who is also not dead, by the way. (laughs) Who's also not dead. I think that's really the next step Saw needs to take. Just have one set in 2024. Jigsaw's alive somehow. Jigsaw's back. He's back, baby. (laughs) Yeah, but for real, have it not be a flash Back. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only thing with Saw Ten. It takes place in between Saw One and Two. Tobin Bell, noticeably older, they do not try to make him seem Thank younger in any, in any way, which I'm glad about. But uh, yeah, I, I will be curious to see. Like you know, Saw Ten was a big hit. Uh, I think they're going to make more of them, and I'll be curious to see if they kind of just continue on this like in between Saw One and Two timeline. <laughs> Uh, or if they like try to go beyond saw final chat, I guess jigsaw would be the last or no final chapter is still the last one in the continuity. Right. Or I guess yes. spiral is technically right. Doesn't technically take- spiral is, um, yeah. but yeah, final chapter, I believe wraps up everything in the actual like main jigsaw Tobin bell continuity. Cause at the end of that one, Hoffman gets locked in the, in the bathroom where, everyone else is the, with the corpses right yes and, uh and so I forget who said i think it's actually carrie always says like game over and slams the door on him <laughs> uh which they every movie ends that way also <laughs> right um, uh so saw 11 should be somebody opening the bathroom and hoffman walking out <laughs> right. in theory yeah well there's just more rotting corpses in there <laughs> that'd be so funny because <laughs> saw 10 
ends with them in that bathroom with Lee Waddell's body in there. Uh, right. Torturing that one guy that lied about his, his surgery. The guy that like introduced John to the grift. Right. And it's, that's where Hoffman shows up. And he's like, you picked the wrong guy to piss off or something like that. Or double cross. Or yes. I love that. Saw 10 also gives Jigsaw like a friendly kid, uh, you know, yeah. a, 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 a child friend that, uh, he, <laughs> he hangs out with. I mean, I think that's a really fascinating avenue for spinoff stuff, right? Cause that would have taken place in 20, uh, 2004, right? Or 2005, whatever. Yeah, whenever, yeah, who knows when these movies take place. Uh, yeah, well, because did you, I, I didn't know about this till screen drafts when I heard the, they did a Saw episode that made me want to do all this, but I did yeah. notice it in the movie when in Saw 1, the first one, when they break the the bathroom wall open and they find that like shoebox with the cell phone in it and stuff. Yeah. When they open it, the date on the cell phone is 9-10-2001, which is crazy. Um, but then I don't think there's anything like, I think they, it's, that's not what it takes place, which is so wild, um, <laughs> which is crazy. But, um, uh, so what was I going to say? So if this takes, if, if saw 10 takes place around the early two thousands, right. Yeah. It's between one and two. And he gives that like 12 year old boy, here's hundreds of thousands of dollars. I've just taught you how to torture people, right? Cause he's participating in the game yeah. or witnesses the game. Uh, that's there's you, here you go. Get like Elsa have like a Mexican spinoff series. Ooh, okay. Yes. <laughs> with him. Um, I think yeah. that'd be great. I know. Paranormal activity tried to do that, uh, at some oh, did points. They? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, a paranormal activity. The marked ones was like the, uh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Near, it was like the Mexican spinoff of the paranormal activity movies. Never saw it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I could see saw going in that direction. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe like that. I mean, that could just be, you know, a friendly kid who is a beneficiary of Jigsaw and that's it. But if they wanted to, you know, 20 years later, uh, he could be like the next Jigsaw or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the the start of the new disciple or something like that, you know? Yes. Uh, no, there's a lot of ways that they could do it. Did you have a favorite uh, Saw movie, Mike? Wh- which one did you like the most? Um, I think, I don't think four is the best, but that reveal that it's taking place during three was the most exciting and funniest one to me. Yeah. Like, just like, I can't believe what they're doing. Uh, and then that's just the first time they do that because every, like I said, every other movie has to somehow explain when it's taking place before John's death or whatever. Yeah. So four, I think just like shock factor was, is pretty high up there for me. Six was very good because I think that one also changed up the formula for rather than it being just a game, right. With a bunch of people, it's just that CEO guy yeah. being tested the whole movie, right? He's going, to, and then and then it's it's not even his game. It's uh, the other guy's son, right? Yes. gets to pull the lever and melt him with acid or whatever, oh, uh, which man, is it was crazy. So good. so cool. So six is very good, and um, I guess ten, ten also, ten's also very different, but yeah, ten awesome. is ten is great. Um, like I, I think people, it sort of took a lot of people by surprise. I think who maybe wrote off the Saw series or whatever. Ten is the very first one that's fresh and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> Really? Yes. I mean, you know, the Saw movies when they were coming out, they were financially successful, but not really like critically well liked. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and I think like, like kind of what you were saying, you know, like, uh, you know, people kind of disregard like their torture porn and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I think uh, in the last 20 years, I think people have become uh, people who write about movies online and, uh, you know, in, in publications, they become friendlier to genre films. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think Saw, it, it was a game changing horror movie in many ways. There was a, an episode, there's an episode of Community where Troy and Abed are going after the same girl like the librarian girl yes and they're they both take her to the dance and uh Abed, and it cuts back to them and Abed's like and that is my analysis of the saw movie franchise <laughs> <laughs> and then she like dismisses Abed and like is talking to troy and it's like i choose you troy and he's like oh why it's like well Abed did talk about saw for two hours <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah well there are eight of them and you know the first one did redefine the genre uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> um and that's basically how i feel now i will now yeah. be proselytizing the saw movies um, yes <laughs> still the worst trap out of all of them mm. the needle pit from saw 2 that's pretty gross yeah <laughs> that's pretty horrifying <laughs> Uh, yeah. And I, I do think Saw 2, the twist at the end of Saw 2, which is that Amanda was working with Jigsaw the whole time, I think, yeah. right? That one really hits hard. That, that's a very good uh, twist. Because I, I remember she's in like one scene in the first Saw. It's like somebody who was, you know, in Jigsaw's trap and they you're kind of following that in the police procedural and stuff. But then she's gone from that movie. You almost forget about her. And then she's the protagonist of Saw 2. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, oh, she, she's back in a Jigsaw trap. And it turns out, no, she's actually been working with him this whole time. Very good. Just really, really good stuff. And so very fun to see her in Saw 10. Yeah. 
is uh, sad that she dies in three, you know? Right. She I, fails I forgot, her test. I forgot that she dies in three. What's her test in three? Um, She uh, shoots the doctor that is doing the brain surgery because like Jigsaw is like taking her under her under his wing a little bit more. And like, yeah, he, I've out of uh, like has no more use for Amanda or whatever is sort of like her test. And out of jealousy, she shoots the wife or the doctor whose husband is in the test the whole movie trying to get to her. And uh, he saves or he gets there just in time as she like is bleeding out. Right. He he shoots Amanda and then kills Jigsaw, which kills his wife because the shotgun shells are, are rigged to his heart monitor or whatever. So his pulse goes to zero. So they go off and they kill his wife. And then um, the FBI agent kicks the door. Oh, actually, that's in three. Yeah, no, this is three. Um, four, rather. You find out that the FBI agent guy kicks the door open and shoots the husband. Right. Um, which is, yeah, bananas. That guy rules. The, I forget his name. Uh, is who it Don, Donnie Wahlberg's character? Is that no, who? not Donnie Wahlberg. The guy that's in four with Hoffman. He's like the revealed to be like a FBI liaison for this jigsaw case. And so he's like, come to find out what's going on because all the cops keep dying. Okay. <laughs> um, is that agent Strom, Agent Strom, yeah. Okay, played by Scott Patterson. Uh, yeah, he rules. Yeah, just because he's just like the most like American action hero cop kind of <laughs> guy, like you know, kind of guy. Um, he gives him, he survives by giving himself a tracheotomy with his pen. Right, he's crazy. Yes, yeah, that's the Saw movies. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it, this has made me want to go and rewatch all of them. Um, maybe, maybe when Saw Eleven comes out, it'll be time for the Saw rewatch. Uh, I mean, it's it's genuinely. I think it's a good series to rewatch anytime a new one comes out because the continuity, because they're so convoluted. You want to like stay up to date on everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, Ask me in a week who Hoffman or Amanda or anybody, and I won't remember. <laughs> I won't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, I think we ended up talking about the Saw movies for longer than we did uh, your birthday movie. Um, it was 20 hours of my life. So. That's true. Yeah, I think <laughs> it had to be documented. Uh, it did. <laughs> for sure. But I think that's going to bring us to the end of my, my go to the movies this week, Mike. You finally closed the book of Saw. Exactly. Until the next Saw comes out, the, the book is closed for now. Do you think they'll ever do anything with the spiral verse uh, in Saw? Or do you think that that ship has sailed? Um, I think if that had 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 a better audience reaction there was there was some potential there i think that is really interesting like obviously there's so much to mine with the like a world where the jigsaw killer existed right like there's so much right. you could do for that and they just haven't really because it has to always be a copycat of jigsaw or something i don't really so i thought i thought i thought jigsaw like 2018 or whatever that was yeah um, 2017 i thought that was a prequel so like when it opens like i thought that was like a legit like how he becomes jigsaw movie or something okay, like that gotcha yeah i didn't know anything about it so i thought that was a prequel so then when that also turns out to be a coffee cat thing i was like what is this and then i was like yeah i'm pretty sure spiral is like totally unconnected it's just like a murder mystery thing in the world of saw uh and then it's like oh it's a copycat you're like what is going on in these yeah. movies what's happening um <laughs> There was two little Easter egg things I forgot actually in Spiral that I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah? Because they were fun that I noticed them. And I think one of them, I, if if I'm correct, Chris Rock was in New Jack City, right? That was like his big breakout. Um, I've never seen New Jack City, Mike, oh. so... Uh I don't know. I think he plays like a crack addict guy in that movie. But okay. um, there's a, they go to like a crack house and he's like, this is some New Jack City shit. And I was like, hey, that's the, that's the movie he's oh, in. There you go. And yes, Chris Rock is in New Jack City. Hell yeah. Nailed it. Yes. And then the other one is they walk out of a, there's like a bank vault thing in the basement of the police department. And it says, oh, what's their character's names? Vincent. There we go. It says Vincent and Jules Lock Company, which oh. is their <laughs> yeah. characters from Sure, from Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. I was like, that's fun. That's yeah. neat. So yeah, Spiral. Book us up. The whole franchise, we did it. Yes, I, I do think uh, Spiral is destined to be like the Halloween three of uh, of the Ooh, Saw movies. Not nearly as good as Halloween three, but like just in terms of like being a totally disconnected, like you know, uh, other thing that uh, is not really doing what the other Saw movies are doing, but it's keeping in the same. It's it's more connected than Halloween three is to, to Halloween, yeah, I yeah. guess. But but yeah, I don't know. I think with the success of Saw ten, I think we're going to be seeing hope maybe like a Tobin Bell trilogy would be nice. That'd be that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for this week on the podcast, Mike D. Happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it's, it. It's a month late, but yeah, happy it counts. Uh, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can also find me at MD Film Blog Social on Blue Sky. And if you'd like to donate and support the show or buy an episode, we, we double dog dare you yeah. to make November our telethon month or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> you could uh, donate on our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods. And yeah, if you abs- want uh, merch, oh, sorry. Sorry to cut you off, Mike. No, what yeah, were go, you gonna say? No, go for the merch, and then I'll say what I was gonna say. Okay. Uh, if you want merch, you can get merch on our Redbubble, which is Mike and Mike Pods. Redbubble.com. 
There it is. And yeah, $50 gets you uh, any donation. $50, you can buy an episode of the podcast. That is the deal. That's the deal. Uh, so if you go to Kofi, uh, donate 50 bucks. You can make us watch something. You can pick a Let's Rank topic uh, as long as we know about it. And uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, the next two weeks of the podcast are going to be donation episodes. People who bought episodes of the podcast. And uh, I'm very excited for next week's, which I'll talk about in just a second. You can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike Decretio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, you can tweet at us at Mike and Mike Pod. You can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts, but all kinds of comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Uh, so next week, thanks to a $50 donation on our Kofi page, Mike and I are going to be talking about Dragon Ball Super Broly, the movie spinoff of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, and I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. Uh, I've been rewatching Dragon Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z over the past year. I have not seen any of Dragon Ball Super. So, and, and I know this takes place during the show. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, like the show started, then this movie came out. Uh, like it takes place like right after a certain arc of the show. Um, so I have like a vague awareness of some of the stuff that happens in Super, but not a lot. Um, but I do remember the character Broly uh, from the old Dragon Ball Z days. Um, okay. Because he was the subject of three direct video movies that were since declared non canon, but now the character has been brought back into the canon uh, ah, with, with this new movie. Uh, Broly so, Redemption. Yes, exactly. Uh, the people loved Broly. Broly was a fan favorite. He was great. Okay. I love to play as him in uh, Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 3. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, Dragon Ball Super Broly. I'm very excited about it. I think I'll be able to follow along pretty well. Mike D, you're not a Dragon Ball guy. <laughs> I have not opened the book of Dragon Ball, so <laughs> I think I'm going to probably be confused if it's if it's anything like the Transformers movie. Right. Where it's like, oh, this is between seasons. That makes like it's a story arc. I get it, um, which I didn't know going into Transformers. So if I'm right. just at least a little bit aware of that now, I think I'll be okay. That'll help. Yeah, uh, yeah. I th- I'm picturing an episode like we had for uh, the Witcher Blood Origin, right. <laughs> where yes. where you are a Witcher guy and I am not. So you knew a lot more about it than I did. Um, so it'll be it'll be the reverse this time around, which will be fun. Yeah, get the whiteboard out and the red string and uh, explain to me what the fuck Dragon Ball is. Oh yes. Uh, by by the end of next week's episode, I will turn you into a Dragon Ball fan, and you're gonna good. start. Get, a, get yourself a Funimation uh, subscription and start watching Dragon Ball from the beginning. <laughs> Can't wait. In the meantime, The Complete Works just did an episode on The Retirement Plan starring Nicolas Cage. Uh, next week, we're back to Michelle Yeoh with the Disney Plus series American Born Chinese, uh, which does reunite uh, four cast members of Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, which is pretty cool. Kihi Kwan is a main cast, and then uh, also Stephanie Hsu and James Hong guest star at, at some point. Can't wait. Yeah, gonna be fun to talk about. Uh, so that's gonna be it for this week's episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We will see you on the other side. Yeah.